Learn the most advanced recruiting techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with Rick Gerard. The one change you must make for 2019. Today we're talking about overcoming hiring failures. Spoiler alert. It's your interview process. 1950 called and they want their process back. Excellent. Today's quote, I can't change the direction of the wind, but I can adjust my sails and always reach my destination. Any idea who said that, Brennan? That would be Jimmy Dean, the sausage <laughs> not king. To be, not to be confused with James <laughs> Dean. I don't think he had any quotes. I'm Rick Gerard. Welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. Our mission is to provide tactical proven solutions to solve your company's toughest hiring challenges. We share insights from top performing entrepreneurs and industry experts like our guest today, our return guest today, Brennan German. He is the president of Bright Talent Resources. Brennan, you know what? I'm going to do something different. I'm going to let you tell us what you do. Ah, we'll keep it simple. Uh, we are a boutique human resources consultancy and contract recruiting company. And so we uh, help organizations really in either two parts, consulting in the various areas of HR like compensation, HRIS, process optimization, or helping with uh, certain job positions or a group of job positions in terms of contract recruiters. See, there that was go. much better than what I was going to read. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show today, Brandon. Thanks for having me back. How long has it been? Like, I, it seems like it was just yesterday. It does seem like it was just yesterday. Oh, I did see you just yesterday. <laughs> All right, inside joke. There Probably don't go. work so well for a podcast. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> All right, so today we're going to cover a few things. We're going to divulge the secret of an effective interview. We're going to talk about halos and horns. And uh, we're going to lay out our interview structure. So let's talk about what the secret of an effective interview might be. Do we want to talk let's about an what over... and not an effective interview might be first? You know what? That's a really good place to start. Okay. okay. I was thinking about that as I walked in. So so I think for whatever reason... Thank you reason, for taking ownership of the podcast. No, no problem. <laughs> I, just, I just was trying to help out. But, you yeah. know, you got me thinking. I'll take it. And uh, I was thinking... I think we've fallen into the trap of thinking that when you're meeting with somebody and reviewing their resume, that that's an interview. That's not an interview. No. When you're simply having a conversation with somebody and just trying to get to know them, that's not an interview. Um, at the end of the interview, if you're simply saying, I like them, that's that's not a decision. You know, that's that's an opinion and it's not a decision. So Wait, so I'm going to play devil's advocate sure, here. Sure, please do. You mean if I talk to somebody for half an hour about, I don't know, um, NASCAR. Yeah. And I like NASCAR and they like NASCAR. That's not an interview. That's not an interview. What? Just because let me, let me <laughs> give the simple reason why, if we're trying to understand somebody, if they're going to be successful in the position you have open, it's probably a good idea to talk about what they've done in the past to give you some indicators as to whether or not they're going to be successful in the future. So NASCAR, unless you're a NASCAR mechanic, NASCAR marketer or something, that would probably be app appropriate. I'm following you on that one. I'm not, I have nothing to disagree with. I mean, because you and well, I. Why not? Let's have thing. fun. It's the last show of it's the year. It's the holidays. Yes. This is the last show of 2018. Next week, we're in 2019. And uh, so that's really the purpose behind this show, because we want to make sure that you're starting your 2019 in a way where you can effectively yep. hire the people you need to hire. Yep. Let's talk about horns and halos, because sure. this is kind of an interesting concept that I learned of yesterday, as a matter of fact. Me too, from our friend Annie. Yes. Horns and halos are biased conclusions and assumptions. So when you're talking to somebody about NASCAR, you're essentially contributing to that horns and halos. Exactly. Thing. Exactly. You're having a bias-based interview based on the fact that you have common interests. Interests. 
Thank right. you for completing my right. sentence. You complete me today. <laughs> <laughs> so horns and halos, right? Yep. That would fall under, if, if we're going to, you know, kind of categorically break uh, an effective interview out into planning, building, executing, and um, I'm sorry, planning, building, practicing, and then deciding, this would be the practice, and this would be horns and halos. So when you walk into an interview, you're going to naturally click with some people. You're going to naturally not click with other people, and that's not necessarily an interview. Yeah, and sometimes that person that you don't necessarily click with right off the bat is probably your best hire. Yeah, uh, could be, could be, but they could also remind me, remind you of the kid that used to bully you too when you were younger, and so you have this natural adverse reaction to them. Yeah, absolutely. Eliminating bias is really a huge thing. We have biases when we go into an interview. Yep. Probably the first 15 seconds, you can judge somebody pretty quickly. Very quickly. And there's a big push and a big movement to kind of eliminate bias. And, yep. and there's also unconscious bias. We've yep. done shows on that. The fact is you're going to have bias. You just have to recognize that you have it and ignore it for at least the first 15 minutes. Yeah. You know, 15 minutes is a good mark to at least just give everybody an objective look when you walk in, yeah. regardless of how you feel about their appearance, regardless of how you feel about their style. Uh, really, it's important for you to step back. And the interview is as much you evaluating them as them evaluating you. And so for you as the interviewer, you have to be self-aware of what you are projecting to them. So it's highly likely if you're having an adverse reaction, you're probably having a facial expression that's matching, right? That reaction internally. <laughs> yeah, there's not so, a lot of good poker players. Out exactly. There. So you've got to be aware, self-aware. And so the way to be self-aware is to use that as a, a guiding principle of, I'm not going to make an opinion for 15 minutes. So I'm just going to come into this objectively, regardless of who they are. And I'm just going to let them be who they are. And then after 15 minutes, maybe start formulating an opinion. And you have to keep in mind the purpose of an interview is to get to the truth. Correct. The truth of who this person is. It's not to see if you like them. It's to right. really get to know whether or not their core values align with your company's core values. Because ultimately, yeah. you're interviewing for the company, not for yourself. Yeah. So let's. you want to talk about what to change then going into the new year, like start changing now? Well, so let's talk about, okay, so we talked about bias, conclusions yeah. and assumptions. Sure. Let's, let's, Absolutely. Because I think a lot of people jump to conclusions. I mean, that's part of bias, of course. Right. Or they make assumptions based on, this is more importantly where I see a lot of people fail, is they'll ask a really shallow question, get a shallow yep. answer, and then they make an assumption based on how they feel about yep. that person rather than digging deeper. Right. That's something that that needs to be consciously thought of yep. and worked through. The fact of the matter is, always ask why. Well, yeah, now, now you're talking about probing, right? So, so <laughs> well, if we t you're talking, you and I yeah. are in alignment that we use a structured interview. We have a structured questionnaire. We use that interview or that methodology for everybody. So then when we start, are able to actually start evaluating candidates, we actually get stack rank and we have a comparative uh, results right in front of us. We know who's the better candidate versus the other. Yeah, because they've using... all gone through the same exact process. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And so all managers should be doing that. All managers, all people in the hiring process, though, too. Absolutely. But they let's just talk about manager because yeah. the, the process is much larger and we've only got to, you know 15 minutes now. So, But that pro it's starting with building the process, but let's build it for the manager, the person actually making the decision. In most of the organizations that I work with, the manager is a piece of it, but it's usually the team that's yep. in yep. it, too. So I think what's really important is that there's, like you said, a process and there's consistency Correct. as far as everybody is responsible for their little piece 
employees, and then you come together and you compare notes. Right. But it starts with the manager. The manager has to they project. Have to adopt it. They have to articulate what they want to the team so the team knows what they're evaluating for as well. Not just simply, I like the person, or I think they're just a fit based upon no structured questions or traits or behaviors that they're assessing against. The manager has to dictate that, and then the team will evaluate against that benchmark. So I make that easy. And the reason why I make it easy is because I judge against core company values. Okay. That's the benchmark. It's a that great I, place to start. That's where that's where we run most of our interviews is the alignment with uh, core company values. The technical piece and some of those other pieces are like separate of that. Yeah. But you're making most of your decision based on whether or not somebody brings to the table. The so we can values. say those values equate to behaviors or traits, yes. right? Yeah. So that's how people you're behave. Evidence. Right. The skills piece is probably 20% of someone's success. They have to have the skills to do the job, but how they do it is 80% of who they are. And that's where you're trying to map or align those behaviors and traits to the values of the company. So that's exactly what we were saying before. Am I pointing? I shouldn't point. I know. I'll use the credit card. I feel card. like I'm back in... <laughs> parochial school. Sorry, I'll use my credit I just, card I just had like uh, an Our Lady of Malibu flashback. Obviously, I get very passionate. <laughs> I'm sorry. Bless you, son. Um, I am Thank kidding. God there wasn't a ruler in your hand. <laughs> I love this stuff and I get very passionate about it. So I'll use my open-handed, open-hand <laughs> speaking technique. Um, it's very tough it. in a radio booth to be this candid but, or this open. Um with my hands. Uh, Thank God there's a at least a desk here that's more than right, a foot. Separating us because I'd totally be in your space right now. Uh, We'd be so, hugging. So as we digress, um, we're talking about behaviors. You need to identify the behaviors that align with the values that maybe even align with your team, right? And so identify those behaviors and then build the questions around those behaviors so that you can actually evaluate whether or not somebody is a fit for that culture, for those values, for your team. And those questions are very important. Then we get to your probing questions because you never just want to start with, you know, tell me about a time when, and then they give you an answer. Then you want to say, why? Why did you do it that way? Or how did you do it well, that yeah, way? Well, yeah, and, and that is the beauty of a behavioral interview. Which my behavioral interviews are, are judging against culture. And, and I build in, I don't want to get into the structure yet. If yes, you're just... So. Joining us on the live stream of the podcast, you're listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. I'm Rick Gerard, and we're talking to Brennan German. He's the president of Bright Talent Resources. Let's delve into that. Let's delve into our system. So, Brennan, you have a format that you use. You use a scorecard, which, you know, I think is kind of, you know. Well, it's, you, you have your opinion. <laughs> I know. We both have our and opinion. And what do we say? It. They all stink. Is that how it's the old term used to be in elementary school? But um, Okay, so let's run through your, your format. Sure. Sure. It's really, it's really straightforward. Uh, I'm not really uh, a super, um, mathematical, not trained in any type of organizational behavior in the sense of orchestrating some uh, complicated formula, how to evaluate somebody. I keep it really simple. So, so when, when we talk about developing questions aligned to company values, right, we're talking about traits and behaviors that we're hope that we're seeking for these yeah. candidates so they'll be successful in our business. And so what I do is I would develop questions or what I help our managers do, build questions around those traits. And essentially, you're building a structured questionnaire that the interviewer needs to follow. And, and each question, right, is numerically numbered, just like as you're going down any type of test, right? And so you before you ask the question, you want to know what you want to hear, right? You have to have a listen for in terms of asking the question and knowing whether or not they kind of hit that trait or behavior of what you're listening for. Sure. And if they meet that, then you want to give it a simple score of yes or no. 
And so at the end, you do that for every single question. At the end of the questionnaire, you simply tally it up like a test. And if they're at 68% or better, then it's probably likely they're a strong fit. They'll require further evaluation, but they're probably a strong fit as it relates to the cultural side uh, of, of what you're trying to evaluate them against. All right, so if you're not a mathematician, how do you figure out the 68% out of the number you know, of So I have been blessed <laughs> with starting my career with the Gallup organization, so okay. I'm not going to take credit for any of Got this. It. Gallup trained me in behavioral interviewing and behavioral assessments. You know, I've developed my own principles based upon that, and that was a simple principle learned from Gallup, that if yeah. you have this scoring methodology, it helps you evaluate yes or no. Is this person a fit or not? Because if they're a 50%, you know, that's not a fit for your culture, right? Agreed. So, so that's why, why I say 68%, there's plus or minus a couple percentage but points, But we should right? be clear. A lot of companies are hiring most likely 50 percentile. Well, if they're using decisions such as, I like them. Uh, or, or they bring the exact skills that or, I need to the Or table. only gut, right? How many yeah. times do we hear, oh, my gut likes that guy or likes that person? And it's like, really? That's 50% success. You could flip a coin and have the same success as using your gut only. A gut comes in after you've gone through the process and maybe they're still right borderline, then you can use your gut like, you know, that person's worth it. Or my gut's telling me they're just not a fit, even though they might be looking like they could be. That's when gut comes in. Well, often too, companies ignore the fact that their gut's telling them no, but they hire anyway because the person brings the skills to the table that they need to get the work done. How many people have we known that are highly skilled, but they left dead bodies in the wake of everything they've done, right? <laughs> and and they're always a problem, uh, a plumbermatic employee, you know? So, yeah. so we've all had those experiences. So if you want that, go for it, right? And here's the other desk. And, and this is such a com- candidate market right now. I know managers are hiring at less than 50% because they're so desperate just to have somebody in the seat, right? Yeah, exactly. Which is also... That's you know, a scary place to be. It's a very scary place to be. And I, and I would recommend you not be there at, at all costs because it'll cost you too much. Outline for me the four pieces of your form. All right. So starts with build. Right. Okay. So to build, you got to identify what are the competency or the traits and behaviors I want to evaluate against. And if you don't know how to start, if you don't know what that is for your company or for your team, go to your top performers and ask them. They'll know what makes them different. They'll know what behaviors and traits they have that make them successful. Okay. Start there. Then, I'm sorry, that was plan. Then you go to build and okay. you build the questionnaire. Right. So plan to build, then you start building the questionnaires around or the questions around those traits and behaviors. Okay. Then you move on to decision. So this is where you and I uh, have a little difference of opinion. Decision is that scoring methodology you and I just talked about. And then fourth and lastly is you practice. You're not going to get good at this unless you actually practice it and you have to build it and trust it. And I'm sure sometimes you're going to get it, sometimes you're not. But the only way that you're going to perfect this, it's more art than science. And the way you're going to perfect this is actually practicing it. So trust it and practice it and keep practicing it. And I think you'll find immense success. Your success rate will go from 50% accuracy or less to 80%. You'll never be perfect. Humans are unpredictable, but you'll get up to 80% success. Just having a hiring structure in place that's consistent across the board is going to elevate your level, 100%. your ability to hire somebody effectively anyway. 100%. Even, even that's a, 100%. Even a bad you will improve pro- it 100%. Yeah. Uh, even a bad process is a better right. than a no process at all. Too often the process is, come on in, I'll meet your coffee over at Starbucks, yeah. and we'll chit-chat. Yeah, no, you know, awful. 
Yeah. That might be good just to see, you know, if this person have any skills. That's a great, actually, let me clarify. That's a great way to assess somebody's skills. Talk to them about, talk shop, talk skills. You could get their skills there. You won't know the other stuff unless you go through the structured process. Yeah. You won't know whether or not they're going to be right. a fit for your organization. Right. And the soft skills are the things that most people get fired for. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And when we talk about that 80-20 rule, 20% of a person's success is their skills, 80% is their behaviors. You know, that's the piece that you're going after. Skills is pretty easy to assess, yeah. right? Because generally you're probably an expert in that area as a manager anyway, so you can assess that. It's the 80% that you really need to work on. And and this is where I also say structured interviews are very uncomfortable at first because most people like conversations because it's easier, right? Oh, yeah. Structured questionnaires, going through that is a little bit awkward and uncomfortable at first, but you start the interview with a conversation to kind of break into it. Then you set the expectation. We're going to ask some structured questions so I could properly assess you as to whether or not you're a fit and then allow them to ask questions too so they can evaluate the team as well. They're not awkward though if you're prepared for it. Correct. And and if you're trained in how to do Correct. it. That's a thing that uh, most hiring managers need to take into consideration. Yeah. If you're going to put in a process, yep. make sure that you're really tight on what your process is. And if you're doing behavioral interviewing, train your people on how to dig deep. Exactly. The probing that you just mentioned, yep. that has to happen in a behavioral interview. Yep. Why is my favorite question when I talk to candidates? Well, yep. why did you do that? Yeah. So what made you think of it that way? Yep. Who, what, where, and where, and why uh, yeah. are like your go-tos and just keep digging under the hood. I, I look at it like, you know, you got a problem with your engine, find out what's going on. It should be friendly and affirming. You don't want to say, that's stupid. Why'd you do that? <laughs> right? So be careful. Be nice. No, that's a turnoff. Yeah. <laughs> We're a... attracting people in. We're not qualifying them out, right? right? So here's, I think, you know, the the biggest component as to why this continues to be an issue is it's the KESS 22 that most managers are in. I'm too busy because I don't have the staff. Right. So therefore, I don't have the staff because I'm too busy to interview and find people and take the time to properly interview. So for 2019, don't make that an excuse anymore. If you want to be an effective leader, you have to be an effective hire. You have to make the time. Have well, you, to. you save more time when you interview less people the right way. And money. Yeah. Tons of money. Absolutely. Right? Let me outline my structure because this is sure. what I feel is really important. Okay, Rick, tell so, me. How so do you first interview off, people? No, no. Well, <laughs> the structure of it needs to be something where it's completely organized. You need to have somebody, if it's not the hiring manager, you need to have maybe an admin or somebody who is preparing people for it, who's keeping the time, who's right. leading people through the process, introducing them to the next interviewer. Yep. It, there's got to be, it's got to be completely organized yep. and it's got to be timed and you have to stick to yep. the time. You can't have one person spend 10 minutes in with the interviewee and the next person spend 45 minutes. Right. It looks, candidate, like you're just winging it. Right. Even if you've got the questions prepared, it's still, it right. doesn't look right. Now, I also build in what I call knockout questions into each process. So my knockout question is usually going to be something that if the person gets it really wrong, the interview stops there and you move on. Right. You give real-time feedback. Correct to the candidate and let them know that they're not a fit. And you usually agree on at that point. And then you send them on their way and you're saving them time. The last piece is the real-time feedback. Yep. You've got somebody in front of you. Ask them how it's going, what they think. Yeah. Ask them what you can be doing better. You know, yeah. look at it like an agile process. Exactly. And I think if you've got the attitude as a business that the candidate should be thankful that they're there for an interview, you've probably already... You've turned off so them. many good people yeah. that you've got to change that attitude. That, and unfortunately, we see that attitude, maybe especially we startups. Start too. The very first part of this thing is <laughs> attitude, right? Well, we were talking horns and halos. So. Yeah. You really need a smackdown on, on the fact people are not 
lucky to come in or you're lucky to have people come interview with you. We've got to beat people over the head with that right now. Correct. There are not a lot of good people that are looking. And when one of those guys walks through the door, you better impress them because they're going to have five or six other offers. Absolutely. Especially right now. Which brings me to the next piece is, you know, when you have a structured interview, it's engaging for that person because you're challenging them. You're taking the time to get to understand who they are as a person. And that's very alluring to a lot of A players. How often have you had candidates say to you, wow, no one's ever asked me that, or I really like this interview structure, really made me think. So you're making a very good impression on the candidate as well, that you're organized and you are structured and you know what you're seeking. It happens quite often. Yeah, me too. And I've had people that have come back to me and said, wow, that was really more difficult than I thought, but it was really, you know, made me think about what I want. Some things have not worked out where they've said, well, you know what, now that I thought more about what I really want, I don't think that's it. But we just saved the company a ton of time by not making an offer and hiring that, trying to hire that person. Right. And then losing that person, then trying to figure out, well, we didn't make an offer for enough money. Right, (laughs) right. right. I find that most candidates that, that I work through my process accept the offer, not based on the money, but based on the opportunity and how well it fits their overall experience, right? How they feel about it. Cause they're evaluating you too. Absolutely. Do I want to work for this person or not? Is this person organized or not? Do they know what they want? Do they have a vision? Do they have goals? Do they have a mission? Do they have, you know, all of that. Yeah. That's important. That matters. It does matter. I'm a big proponent of behavioral interviews. Like I know you yep. do it. We, Huge proponent. we score them a little bit different. You're right. I- <laughs> <laughs> when are we going to fight? You're wrong. Just kidding. I brought my gloves too. We can go. No, I, I'm a big proponent of the fact that, you know, I usually provide three or four questions based on my experience. I interviewed at Amazon years ago yeah. and I thought it was a really insightful, challenging interview, but they dug so deep and I was really impressed by it. I kind of took that to heart and I started implementing that with a lot of our clients just yeah. that idea. And it's worked out really, really well. I mean, our percentage rate of higher acceptance has gone through the roof. We don't have turndowns. Right. That's huge. Yeah. And and that's all mostly, well, obviously it's a, it's a proven formula, right? Yeah. But, but it largely is contributed to the fact that you've established expectations. You let everybody know exactly what's going to happen in that process, including the candidate, Mm -hmm. and what's going to happen at the end of it. And even though it might feel good all the way through, if things still aren't lining up, just because we like each other doesn't mean you're a fit for the business, though. Exactly. It's like, do you want to have a beer with this person, or do you want to actually work alongside this person and trust they're going to perform for you? So there's two different, two very different, very different distinctions. Right? I can go have beer with a lot of my friends, but I would never want to work with them. Exactly. And same with, same way with them. I mean, they yeah. probably would never want to work with me. Absolutely. All right. So what else you want to add? Yeah, I just think it's really important that managers be patient and be strategic. So when I see a lot of managers fail is they get too caught up in the busy day-to-day and they don't take time to be strategic. You and I were just talking about this even as business owners. If you don't take the time to be strategic, you miss all kinds of opportunities to be better, to learn, to develop as an individual. So in 2019, I'd love to challenge any of the listeners out there that are managers, take the time to be strategic, carve out four hours in a week and develop this structure and this vision for what you want your team to be and who you want to hire and how you want to hire. And if you want help with this, you can reach out to me or Brennan and we'll help you out. I'll, sure. I'll gladly walk you through it and give you my process. Yeah. I have it down and I'll I'll send you a doc on it that you can plug in if you'd like. You know, there's a a myriad of, of 
behavioral interviewing tools out there. If you've got the money, you can go buy them. And some are effective, some are a bit too comprehensive and complicated. That's part of the reason I developed the ways I did is I wanted to simplify the process to train the managers that I was supporting so that it wasn't so complicated, yet it's still effective. And so there's there's really simplified, inexpensive ways to do this if you don't want to run out and partner with one of the larger uh, firms. And then the last thing that I would like to add would be about candidate experience. It's so sure. super important today, and you cannot just disappear. People look at Glassdoor as much as you love it or hate it, it's right. there. But the fact of the matter is, is a couple of bad marks on there. Then people start to question you yep. and it becomes harder to hire people yep. when a quick five minute phone call would have sufficed. Yep. Just said, hey, look, at thanks so much for your time. We really appreciate meeting you at this time. We're going to move on to somebody else. It's a two minute phone call. It's super easy. It's, it's super easy and it's super meaningful. Yeah. And you will just that simple act, you will differentiate yourself from the majority of the companies out there. So what, we always are looking for ways to beat our competition. That's one really easy way. It's super easy. Right. So we're just about out of time for today's show. Brennan, thanks for your time investment again. You know, you're, awesome. you're a two-peat this year. I know. Thank you. Maybe this we'll, is so fun. Do we say Happy New Year? Happy New Year. Well, right. not yet. Not we're yet. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Okay. I hope everybody had a great holiday. But. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the best uh, way in which uh, somebody could reach out to you and get in touch with you? Uh, best way is just website. So brighttalent.com, B-R-I-G-H-T-T. E-A-L-E-N-T.com. Perfect. All right. I want to thank our listening audience for tuning in to this week's episode of Higher Power. Quick thanks to our team, our engineer, Paul Roberts, our creative director, Ayla Gerard, our producers, Andrea Ballin and Shanti Ryle. This is our last show for 2018. And uh, I want to thank the audience for sure, because you guys have been awesome. The feedback that you've given us has been outstanding. Quite frankly, well, I'm inspired to keep bringing great content for you. So it's good stuff. Please uh, subscribe, rate, and review. You know, we get most of our traffic from iTunes, so keep it coming, guys. Hop on my uh, personal website. You can yell at me there or on uh, LinkedIn. I'm, I'm good. 2019 starts next week, and uh, we're bringing to you a special guest, um, Joe Mullins, who's the president of the Mullins Group. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and you have been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. Thank you for listening to Higher Power with Rick Gerard on OC Talk Radio. 